Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast episode number 56. Even the, the, the discussion, because in salsa you have Cubans first struggling with the LA style. Mm-hmm. Then you have the struggling of one of one, on one with on two. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Kizomi you have the same now with the traditional supposedly mm-hmm. and the, the urban and the fusion. In mm-hmm. bachata you have the, um, the bachata traditional from mm-hmm. Dominican and then the bachata sensual. In mm-hmm. tango you have the same yeah. discussion, tango nuevo with the traditional tango. So this is something that is normal. And for sure, now it will arrive something new in the in the next year that will make this change. Embaixador é teu parente, qualquer ministro é da família, só falta mesmo o presidente. Ela é dona de toda a mobília, mulher assim acaba mal, mas fantasia de carnaval. Põe todo mundo em revolta, pois pesa todos que estão à sua volta. Welcome to the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, the podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance. The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Charles with the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, and I'm here today with another episode. And this episode is going to be really, 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 really special because for me, these guys were my first Kizomba instructors. So as many of you guys know, I teach Kizomba here in the States. And my first, first festival was with Jorge Elizondo in June of 2012. And I made a decision to like go and try out Kizomba because I was already a salsa bachata dancer. And there were some other instructors from Spain. And then like, there was this couple and it's like, I remember, um, Ricardo, I'm like, these guys are good. Like, I've never heard of these guys before. And Paula, she was like making a lot of jokes. And then she talked about the butter and the bread with the body movement. So like, (laughs) I remember those kind of things. And like, after the festival, we like look you guys up on YouTube. Like, oh, these guys have been doing this for a long time. Um, And they've been traveling the world. And this is before I even knew what Kizomba was. And now that I've been teaching Kizomba for like three, almost four years now, they're still out there teaching. And it's been uh, really, really awesome to watch you guys and see you guys um, do what you do for the love of Kizomba. And I think you guys are like one of the longest Kizomba couples out there, yeah? Or something like that, I'm I'm not sure. Um, But thank you so much for being here, Afro-Latin Connection, to, to spend some time with me today. Thank you very much. It's our pleasure and thank you for the introduction. We feel honored. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we have Ricardo and Paola both here. Um, so for those in our audience that are listening now who don't know who you are, can you go ahead and tell us what you guys do in the dance world today? 
Yes, uh, so we we danced together since '99. Uh, uh, so '99, I started dancing, and in 2000, we started being a dance couple, but in another in another dance school. And in 2005, we decided to open our wings and create our own projects, and that was the time that we create Afro-Latin Connection. And then 2006, we open also another part of our project that is Mushima. Mushima is our club. Uh, club of Kizomba Salsa, Bachata, Chacha, a little bit Afro-Latin club. Mm -hmm. um, and then in 2010, we decided to uh, fly a little bit higher and we create this amazing place that we have nowadays where we have a, dance, um, a business partner that understands a lot about company and business. Mm -hmm. And we have this side more to the, to the dance part and to the dance community. So we create here a very interesting and explosive uh, uh, fusion between our both knowledge and dreams. So now we have this place in uh, Vila Nova de Gaia, uh, a city side by side with Porto in Portugal. Mm -hmm. It's a three floor building with 1000 square meters in total, uh, where we have uh, on the top floor our dance school with three studios. On the main floor, we have Mushima, uh, that is a 400 square meters place with our own stage, a uh, beautiful place, very modern. And also another uh, bottom floor that is an open space where we can have lessons during the day. We can do uh, meetings for companies. We can have a second dance floor during the parties. Uh, and in this place that we call Demise, uh, Demise is the name of our company, Dance mm -hmm. Music Activities and Enterprise Synergies, uh, is the place where we also organize some of our festivals like Tafish, Demise Summer Bootcamp, Porto Salsa Mob. And in this place, we have five studios available plus two dance floors to the party, place to have lunch and dinner uh, with a lounge uh, service. So this is our main structure, is our uh, headquarters like that. Mm -hmm. We also have another school in Porto downtown where we have three studios. Um, uh, we are also managing an international choreography project that is the ALC Hug Dance project mm -hmm. where we have teams performing choreographies uh, created by us. Um, and yet teams have official trainers that learn with us and then by consequence they teach their dancers the choreographies that we create and then we can have meetings uh, the rest of the year where we perform with the teams uh, we have this amazing experience last year that we had 158 dancers from 10 different countries performing on the same stage here in Portugal that was like massive it was really cool we are now launching also the franchising of our uh, dance school and also the the, the methodology uh, because we organized some teachers training since mm -hmm. 2013 already almost f 350 people made the level one with us from all over the globe uh, some others made the level two and the level three and now we create this uh, system of franchising where somebody that uh, have uh, what what it needs what we we consider uh, that uh, fulfill the standards of quality to represent our brand they can open a school exactly like us with our way of uh, treating a customer our way of receiving the people and also our way of teaching and methodology and also this part of the franchise instead of for those that already have uh, their own school or they want just to be freelancers and don't have a, a physical space mm -hmm. they can become also official instructors by our methodology and they have a very intensive training and a, a, a follow-up uh, to be able to be updated we also have our uh, online store also with the dance video store where people can take online lessons with us so we are very active we have a lot of things we organize the festivals and we travel every weekend uh, for 
the, 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 the four corners of the world to all the festivals and small meetings more with us, with intensive trainings. Um, me and Paulo and also my brother Bruno and Katarina that makes part of our Team. dance company. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we travel together, other times we, we travel uh, separately and we are in two different countries in the same weekend. So we try our best to do everything we can to uh, bring more quality, more professionalism to our work and to, to our community. Uh, and like you were saying, we start this Kizomba scene since 2002, working more uh, hardly, traveling more internationally around 2007, 2008. Uh, it's a fact that we are one of the, the oldest that still stay on the scene. Mm -hmm. Some others or start before than us, my big master and my big brother, uh, Pechu, that is a name that we also always like to speak about because sure. he was the one that started all this movement regarding dance lessons. Um, and then you have Tomas Keita that's still teaching, Quenda Lima, uh, Avelino, Bandeira. Some, these are like the, the first generation, let's call it like that, yeah, of sure. uh, instructors. We come immediately after. Zé Barbosa. from Cape Verde. Uh, and then after Kizomba starts uh, growing a lot, at the beginning it was quite hard, uh, although the, the salsa environment opened this possibility to the dance festivals. Mm -hmm. uh, in 2008, uh, Africa Dansar appeared and created the first Kizomba festival associated to the first Kizomba international competition. And after that, some other festivals start appearing, like Sensual Dance in Madrid that happened this last weekend, um, Kizomba Swimming Festival in France, Warsaw Kizomba Festival, the Kaif and the Like in Lisbon. So these were, and Batuk in London, were the first uh, meetings of all the Kizomberos from all the world. Nowadays, you have a lot of options and you can have three, four festivals in different parts of the world. And it grows a lot and the community grows, of course, with all the things that are associated to development and, uh, and mass achievement. There are good things, things not so good, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we stay on the scene and a lot of people are working hardly and uh, with responsibility. And of course, like in all the, the areas, mainly in the social dancing, there are a lot of people that don't work with so many responsibility, but I, I hope we like to, to think positively that in somehow they are having opportunity, a chance, a chance and one day they will open the eyes and understand the, the responsibility that they have by, by teaching this, this culture, because we are not just teaching people how to move the bunda. <laughs> there is a lot mm -hmm. of uh, culture and interesting things uh, around that. Definitely. So for our audience, that is a long list of a yeah. lot of things that you guys have built over the years. And so that's why I'm really honored to have you guys on the show, because you guys have literally put so much um, time and dedication and energy into Kizomba and your influence has spread all across the globe, the four corners of the globe. So it's really awesome to have you here to speak um, from your experience and your vantage point and to share with our listeners a little bit of what of what you've learned um, along the way, you know? Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> so before we get more into the dance, um, let's talk about where you guys were born and where you were raised. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe Paula can start yeah. first. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I was born in Angola, in Luanda. Um, my parents were Portuguese and they were they traveled to, to Angola to try to have a better life. And then I born there. Uh, but very, very young, uh, they came back to Portugal. And then I was raised in, in Portugal, more uh, in Porto. 
I was born and raised in, in Porto. My parents are Portuguese. <laughs> uh, supposedly, I don't have a, a, a tight connection to, to Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my living it was always here, but I... I I grew up seeing my parents dancing. They they love uh, dancing. So this thing somehow influences a lot, um, or influences me personally a lot. So I try to 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 follow their their way of living. Uh, but uh, I was born and raised here in in Portugal. Yes, Paula need to come back uh, immediate during that time that uh, Angola entered independence. Um, so all the Portuguese were in somehow kicked out from uh, from the ex colonies mm -hmm. and. Angola was one of them um, and even Paula the connection that she had to, to Kizomba to the African world it was more here in Portugal that she, she reached it so you mentioned um, Paula that your parents moved to Angola for a better life um, so does that mean that the, the things were not good in Portugal yeah it was because at that time Angola was like paradise, you no? Know? Because it was a colony from from Portugal, and Angola is a very rich uh, country because they have the petrol, they they have the diamonds, and at that time was um, lots of opportunities of uh, of jobs, yeah, mm, in okay. a good way. And in Portugal, the thing was not were not so good. Yes, then, uh, like now it's happening, lots of people are traveling to to have a better life, mm -hmm. but that, at that time was to Angola. Angola was a very good uh, colony to to have a better life, and mm -hmm. they achieved that there. But then on the, when the uh, Angola, uh, Angolan people want uh, independence, yeah, Portuguese, yes, and at that time my parents lose everything, uh, and they they need to to come to Portugal again, okay. and that was it. <laughs> yeah, so it's been really interesting, like as a Kizoma instructor and taking a look at the history of Angola and yeah. uh, there being a Portuguese colony for four hundred years, and like yeah. I know Fidel Castro was involved with like the Cubans coming to to help the Angolans win their independence as well. So it's, it's yeah. very interesting to see like things from like a political side um, and then seeing things from like, okay, like from just a normal person's life, you know, and then seeing things on a cultural level of like the fusion of the dances and, and the cultures yeah. and the music, because I've heard sembas with salsa in them, you know, so it's, it's very interesting. And so even with your name, Afro-Latin Connection, you guys are like, the cross yeah. <laughs> in between the African yeah. and the Latin. But then if you take a look at the Latin, Latins also have a lot of African influence as well. So it's like... Yeah, yeah you just need to go back to the slavery time, yeah. the, the moment yeah. where all the trades start. Because mm -hmm. uh, any kind of rhythm that you feel a drum in somehow have an origin from Africa. Mm -hmm. Because Africans were spread all over the world and they took their uh, culture with them. And of course, when they returned back, the ones that had the lucky to, because it was very tough times of the history, mm -hmm. uh, when the ones that had the lucky to return back home, they brought their luggage already with influences from the cultures where they were working or the, where they were living. so fascinating, so, that concept. Exactly. So you have, you will have a lot of, for example, speaking about music, for the same instrument, you will have different names in different countries. Um, that uh, uh, have a lot of influences from other places. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember a very important instrument in the, the Angolan music that is the dikanza. 
Uh, if you come to Portugal, that instrument is called Reco Reco. If you go to the Latin American uh, culture, uh, it's called Guido. So uh, mm. somehow this, this instrument is more or less the same and it, it have <laughs> different ways of construction, although the sonority will be very similar. Um, and the drum, the drum is something that comes from, from Africa, Batuk. Batuk is, is from Africa and mm -hmm. after that it was applied in different uh, sonorities all over the world. Mm -hmm. I remember going to a museum of musical instruments and they talked about the accordion. And the accordion mm -hmm. is a German instrument, and that somehow got adapted and spread all over the place to a lot of traditional dances across the world as well. So exactly. it's all it's all very fascinating, you know. And so, like from the is from the inception, from the very beginning of a lot of these dances, there's already a lot of sharing and fusion and like crossing and things like that, you know. And it's interesting mm -hmm. to see how that has like continued over the years, you know. I, I, and it's still, it's still, no, yeah, nobody invents nothing. Uh, everything <laughs> is invented. What you can do is to have, be influenced and to, to mix and to fusion the, the things. Mm -hmm. Everything was invented already. Yeah, it's, it's so, it's so, it's so interesting. This fascinates me a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So, um, before we continue about your, your journey of dance, thank you for sharing that information, like about the Giro. I didn't know about, about that, but, um, I'm kind of really interested to study more about the history of that. Um, just to take things on a little bit of, on a personal level, um, what is something about both of you that maybe a lot of people don't know? Maybe a quirky thing or maybe something about your history or something like that. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Sometimes we travel to festivals where mm -hmm. we have the opportunity to perform salsa. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are surprised by that because a lot of people internationally don't know that side. But we start with, uh, with salsa. In mm -hmm. fact, we start with uh, Latin American folklore. Uh, we started in a school called Sabor Latino. Our master was a Venezuelan, he's a, a Venezuelan guy uh, that was a ballet dancer in Venezuela, but he also have knowledge in uh, other folklore dances. And when we started in the dance company Sabor Latino, we were performing Joropo, that is a, a folklore from uh, Venezuela, uh, Tambores de Venezuela. We were dancing Son from Cuba, Cumbia, <laughs> Merengue, Danzon, uh, uh, Valseo. So we were dancing all these styles of, of rhythms. And of course, the salsa was already there with Rueda and mainly the Cuban. But then we start uh, our own projects and we were more deep into the LA style. Then we start with Onto, New York style, and we keep teaching every day in our school salsa. In fact, in our school, we have more students of salsa than, mm -hmm. than Kizoma. That is a fact that is interesting mm -hmm. um, for people, foreigner people that don't know us here. And it's very good when we have this opportunity to perform salsa because we work a lot on that and mm -hmm. uh, it's a, a good surprise. Something that uh, most of people don't know is that we are very shy people. We just <laughs> want to I don't so think Paula is very shy. <laughs> yes, it's very shy. We are yeah. both very shy. Uh, but we have this kind of uh, protection uh, suit um, that you, you dress the suit at the moment that you are a performer or you are an instructor mm -hmm. and you need to, to use this role. But then when we take off the suit and we are just Ricardo and Paolo, we just like to stay in our corner to be together and with our friends, closer friends. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to be on the spotlight. We are very, very shy and reserved people. Most of the people don't have this idea of us because mainly Paula, she's all the time <laughs> shouting, <laughs> joking. But, but we are like that, very shy people. <laughs> Thank you. Me Thank too. You. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Um, Something you, interesting also just to share. Uh, yes. Paula, before the dance, she, she was in the, in the fitness world. 
and she was national champion of uh, aerobics. Yeah. It's something that most of the people <laughs> don't know. Also. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was studying, I was studying mechanical engineering also, mm-hmm. uh, because I stopped studying because we opened our first company, the Afro Latin connection and Mushima, mm-hmm. we call it Shima connection. And I had the age of 19 years old at that time. So I started in the, the, the business world very, very earlier mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of responsibilities. And we opened uh, this place uh, in an industrial area in Porto where the major nightclubs of electronic music were. Uh, and we opened a club of salsa and kizomba. And that helped a lot to bring a lot of new people to the, this community. Uh, so these are some some things that people yeah yeah it's awesome because like I mean this is why I'm doing the podcast and um, I had the the honor of interviewing Quinda as well and he was like my my ninth episode I think this is going to be episode number 55 or something like that but um, it's been really good to hear the history and the stories because sometimes we don't get the opportunity to to hear about things if we take your class at a festival you know of course um, you mentioned Son. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to totally sound like a nerd, but <laughs> um, going to what? Sorry, sound like a nerd because like the history is very fascinating to me. Um, I remember seeing some videos of Son where they have similar movements that you see in Semba with the guy hanging. It's more, on, more the opposite. You see some yeah. Semba moves yes. that uh, people saw it on Son because that there is this connection, of course. Uh, yeah, but it's hard like, to know which yeah, one came first, who influenced who. I think, like, I think my point of view, mm-hmm. uh, it was the Angolans that were influenced by the Cubans in mm-hmm. this matter, uh, because the, the pasada dancing mm-hmm. uh, is very, it's very simple. It's very minimalist. Mm-hmm. If you see the cotas, the old generation dancing, they have this beautiful flavor and very difficult to reach way of walking uh, that only with the ears you are able, your body, will, uh, it's able to understand it, mm-hmm. but it's very minimalist. Uh, of course, there were some competitions where the young generation were trying to do some, some crazy stuff, but it's a fact that this kind of moves, they are original from, from as far as I know, <laughs> from Cuba. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, a, something that the Angolans have in their... Uh, uh, DNA mm-hmm. uh, that is fascinating that is to be influenced by others in somehow still the others mm-hmm. ideas and adapt to them and creating something in somehow better mm-hmm. so they, they are they are masters in, in picking up something transform it and create something new mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I'm almost sure. 99% <laughs> sure that this kind of moves that you are speaking that we see in Semba mm-hmm. uh, they come from from the sun Including now in Semba, you see the new generation, the competitions you can search in on YouTube Mm -hmm. and they are doing the kind of neck drops that uh, were very famous and were brought to the scene by the LA style. So as you see (laughs) now, uh, they are evoluting also the Semba dancing with something that the salsa already had it. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a kind of uh, double way uh, influence. Yeah, it's it's so fascinating. And I feel yeah. like when you have this knowledge, it really gives you a unifying energy um, across the dances, you know, like because sometimes I'm pretty sure like the Latin world is not really connected to the Kizomba world. And you guys are probably in a, in a very unique position because you're pretty well connected to both. And we'll talk yeah. a little bit more about that. But like um, as you study like bachata, you t- study song, you study Kizomba, you study tango, you study swing and you see. There's differences, yes, but you see yeah. all of these similarities, so it just makes you want to trace back into the history and study that more and more yeah. and more, you know? It's true. So, um, let's talk about Kizomba now. 
Um, mm-hmm. How did you guys find out about Kizomba? And I guess let's take that introduction of Kizomba to how you guys met. Because you guys are married as well, yes? We are not married on the paper, but okay. it's like we are married. We yeah. live together already for some years. Uh, we start dancing together in 2000, but we start being boyfriend and girlfriend since 2004. Mm-hmm. And we are living together already, I don't know, for seven or eight years. We are engaged. Mm-hmm. I asked Paula um, in uh, in marriage uh, in the Mushima Church in mm-hmm. Luanda, in Angola. Mm-hmm. So there is a sacred place in Angola called Mushima. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we went there on vacations with Pechu. And inside of that small church, uh, I asked marriage to, to Paula. It was a very funny moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, put on his knees. Yes, I put on my <laughs> knees there in that church. Uh-huh. Uh, but but we are not married. We are together. Okay. It's interesting. Awesome. The first time that we saw each other, uh, it was my first dance lesson. So mm-hmm. the owner of that school where uh, I start, Sabor Latino, she was uh, dating uh, an uncle of mine. Uh, and in uh, one of that birthday of a cousin, she told me, you need to come to my school and to 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 try a lesson. So at that time I had 14 years old, mm-hmm. I attend the lesson. The the owner of the school was uh, teaching the lesson and Paolo was helping the owner of the school. So mm-hmm. that was the first that we met. Um, then I start going out to the lessons every, every week. I start going to the club that the school had at that time, Casa do Rio. And it was in that place that a DJ, DJ Mauricio, um, he was playing usually like salsa, bachata, merengue, Latin music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and suddenly he decided to start trying a new style that he heard from a friend um, from a CD from Tabanka Jazz, mm-hmm. the Inebisau group. Mm-hmm. So he started playing some kizomba. It was something new. Uh, I didn't know how to dance, so but I connect immediately to the music. So mm-hmm. the music was my first love in the, the kizomba. Mm-hmm. So I start dancing kizomba like a bad bashat, you know, that one, two, three, <laughs> the four with the hip up, you know, that is really bad bashat. So this was my first kizomba. That's why Paula didn't, I hate it. didn't like kizomba at the beginning because she associates the music to that bad bachata movement yeah. <laughs> yeah. so every time the dj was playing kizomba paulo was like uh, cursing the dj saying yeah. don't do that i hate this, I hate this. <laughs> since the day that there was a girl uh, with 13 years old with a flip-flop on her feet uh, there in that club uh, from angola she started dancing kizomba properly alone uh, and when paulo saw that movement associated to the music she said no if Kizomba is like that, I want to learn it. I want that. <laughs> so that was a normal process because at that time there was no teaching of Kizomba. Yeah. We had some friends, uh, my, my first friends from, from the, the African community, they were from Guinea-Bissau. They were working there in that club mm-hmm. and they start inviting me. They, as they saw that I, we were so in love by this style, yeah. they start inviting us to go to some private parties, so to some... Uh, not Kizomba clubs because at that time there was no Kizomba clubs there were African clubs and African clubs play all style of music they play hip hop Brazilian music electronic music and at the end of the night they play Kizomba and Semba so we were hanging out in the salsa club till 4am and at 4am we go to the African club till 6 or 7 to dance Kizomba and Semba so this was the, the first connection and uh, I start being very enthusiastic about that. And the owner of the school uh, just uh, asked if I didn't want to study a little bit more to start having lessons there in, in that school of Kizomba. So at that time in 2001, 2002, Pechu appeared in Porto for the first time to uh, have a workshop. Um, and uh, I went to his home in Lisbon to do a kind of 
personal training with him. Uh, this training was very important for my beginning because I spent one weekend at his home, uh, eating Angolan food, drinking a lot of wine. You know mm -hmm. how Angolans are. Uh, mm -hmm. Music all the time, people getting in and out of his house to, to eat and to sit and to go away. Um, so it was like a weekend being in Lisbon, like we, I was in, in, in Angola. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, he passed to me some of the information that he was starting de developing at that time. Um, so at this time we were already, uh, because in 2000 I was invited to enter to the dance company, mm -hmm. we were already dancing together. And it was a normal process. Um, we start studying, we start uh, researching. At that time there was no YouTube. There was not Google information exactly. enough. There mm -hmm. was no uh, Facebook. So all the information was <laughs> going directly to the people, going to the clubs, see how the people dance, uh, studying their movements, going back home, going to the studio and try to create a methodology. Mm -hmm. So our methodology suffered a lot of evolutions and now we consider that we reach a good result, including here in, uh, in our school, we have around 20 people teaching under our methodology mm -hmm. and a lot of people around the world that are influenced by what, what we created. This was something that was a big trend for us because as we came from the salsa world, we were more structured. So we were able to create a structure of teaching that Europeans were more used to. African way uh, is difficult for somebody that need to have structure because yeah, it's very sure. organic, it's very relaxed, mm -hmm. intuitive. But uh, people that don't have any kind of coordination, don't have any kind of contact with their body movement, they need like baby language first. Mm -hmm, so we were sure. able to break down the movements to create uh, a, a pedagogic system to be able to the people learn it in a, a progressive way. Mm -hmm. uh, so in a African community, because at this time there was not, let's call it like that, white instructors, mm -hmm. at the beginning it was quite tough because we need to get the respect. Um, and believe me, there was nobody that respect more this culture than us and wanted to have this kind of respect. So this was one of the things that when we went to Angola, it was our biggest achievement. We already mm -hmm. perform on stage like with the uh, 2,000, 4,000 people assisting and clapping. Mm -hmm. But our best feeling was going to Angola and to go to the young community and the people stopped dancing just to clap what we were doing and to go to the old community having Banda Maravilha playing live and uh, the singer of Banda Maravilha saying to the old people to sit down and just watch us dancing uh, because we were two whites, like it was like mm. the clown on the, <laughs> on the circus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the people get very, very enthusiastic and it was strange for them. They, they were asking, where did you learn how to dance that? Do you live here in Angola? And we're saying, no, we are in Portugal, we are teaching, we are traveling the world. So we had the opportunity to go to television, to radio. It was like acceptation, you know, like mm -hmm. you feel in both worlds because it's completely different feelings, young generation and old generation to receive that, that, that acceptation for us. It was, I think, our biggest achievement in our Kizomba path. So that that's it. This was basically how we start. And we keep digging. We keep studying because uh, African culture is not so documented. The no, things are passed by words, by the old generation to the own, uh, young generation. Nowadays, we have, thank God, a lot of people doing very good uh, researching work, documenting in video, uh, doing documentaries. So that way, the next generation will be able to have more information. But even though you will listen a lot of controversy stories, so you need to listen different people to be able to create your own 
uh, ideas. So we had the luck of meeting Eduardo Paín to have a very close relationship with him mm-hmm. and and to speak about how he starts. That is the, the, the guilty of all this movement of Kizomba in Angola. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a constant learning. Every time we have the opportunity to listen to older people, to people that have made part of the beginning of this movement, we just sit like children and listen and do all the questions that we want to be able to have more information. Let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsors. Have you been looking to level up your Kizomba, but you don't have the local instructors to take you there? Are you looking for something concrete to practice with your Kizomba partner? Or are you looking for Kizomba lessons that you can take on your schedule and the comfort of your home? If you answered yes to any of these questions, look no further. LearnToKids.com is what you need. Progressive, step-by-step lessons that you can take at your pace in the comfort of your home or anywhere with a solid internet connection on your PC, Mac, or any smartphone. New videos are added every month. You can try this awesome resource out 30 days free at LearnToKids.com slash podcast. After the 30 days free, it's only a low $15 per month. But again, the special offer for the Dance Your Heart On Fire listeners, 30 days free at LearnToKids.com slash podcast. You won't find this offer anywhere else. LearnToKids.com slash podcast. And now back to our show. That is an amazing story for sure. And I mean, even from the first two minutes that you were speaking on the podcast, I'm like, I'm so glad he's here on the podcast. Like, <laughs> um, and it just continues to grow with the, the, the so much knowledge that you have. And it's good that you guys are staying hungry um, with that as well. Um, my next question would be, um, you talked about all the dances that you guys danced before on the Latin side and with the African side. And I'm pretty sure you guys have been to the salsa festivals, you've been to Kizoma festivals, and those worlds don't really, they overlap, but they don't really communicate or like work um, with one another. I'm pretty sure you've seen a little bit of the barrier between both of them. So I'm curious from your perspective, um, what differences you see between um, the Latin culture, the Latin dances and the African culture Uh, What differences and similarities do you see? Nowadays, they are much closer. Uh, One of the things that even the the Salceros were saying of the the Kizomba community, like three or four years ago, it was that uh, they weren't somehow jealous because it remembered them, the salsa community and the salsa environment of 10 or 15 years ago, Mm. where there was no such division between the artist with the nose up, everybody just going to the parties to have fun without uh, having the interest of where were you positioned in the the room, if you were on the stage, if you were dressing better, if you were just hanging out. And in the Kizomba world, people just wanted to dance. (laughs) But salsa festivals are on the scene for longer time mm-hmm. salsa communities regarding this kind of traveling and, and, and uh, mass of achievement have much history than than the kizomba the thing is that kizomba and even bachata because kizomba and bachata are more or less in the same era of uh, um, evolution mm-hmm. and explosion and bachata just exploded also much more than kizomba of course all over the world for sure um it's it's uh, we the, the the ones that arrive later have a lot of influence for the ones that are already on the scene. The big difference uh, that nowadays the communication is much faster. 
So you have access to everything faster mm-hmm. with the social media and uh, the YouTubes and all that stuff. So what was happening in the salsa world that took a lot of years to change in the Kizomba world and in the bachata world was much faster because mm-hmm. the information just flows uh, uh, faster. Even the, the, the discussion, because in salsa you have Cubans first struggling with the LA style. Mm-hmm. Then you have the struggling of one, of one on one with on two. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Kizomba you have the same now with the traditional supposedly mm-hmm. and the, the urban and the fusion. In mm-hmm. bachata you have the, um, the bachata traditional from mm-hmm. Dominican and then the bachata sensual. In mm-hmm. tango you have the same yeah. discussion, tango nuevo with the traditional tango. So this is something that is normal. And for sure, now it will arrive something new in the the next years that will make this change. Uh, it's interesting, including because 10 years ago, I was already in conversation with friends saying, don't worry, because in a few years, you're going to go to a Kizomba festival and you're going to have different rooms for different styles of Kizomba. And I was saying that in a joke way. But nowadays, it's what's happened. You okay. go to a Kizomba festival, you have two, three different dance floors with two, three different styles of music to the mm-hmm. people go. Uh, but I think it's a natural situation and you're going to have festivals only directed to supposedly traditional, only for urban, others that mix everything in the same room, mm-hmm. others that will split in different rooms. And you're going to have natural selection by the people and the people just need to seek what make them happy and to relax because at the beginning it's a, a lot of uh, fast consumption. People just want to consume, consume, mm-hmm. consume without understanding what is behind and they forget to be happy and to have fun. It's something that we are trying to struggle in the places that we are and we can somehow inspire and influence the people. Don't forget to have fun. This is one of the biggest advice that we give to our students. Time to practice is during the lesson, is when you are at home in front of the mirror. When you go to the party, use the name of what you are using. Go to party, take a drink, speak with your friends. You Mm -hmm. don't need to dance all the songs. This is not a CrossFit training. Uh, you need to create dynamics, ups and downs. Otherwise, don't make sense. And I think step by step, the things are reaching like a, a, a balance. But uh, I think it's a normal process. Um, and even the relationship, let's call it like that, between salseros and kizomberos, mm-hmm. of course, there are some haters side by side. Mm-hmm. But generally, I think it's much more relaxed. Because there was a time that the salseros were getting a little bit jealous mm-hmm. because the kizom and the bachata was getting a little bit more of protagonism. But now the things are a little bit more balanced and the people understand that there is space for everybody. For sure. Even in the kizomba world, the ones that were a little bit haters of the the urban keys and we speak from from ourselves also mm-hmm. we are much more relaxed so there will be a natural selection and the people will flow from one style to another and if you are able to dance all the styles maybe you will be a happier person mm-hmm. if you don't dance just because you want and you are able to respect the others perfect like that no worries for sure for sure it's good to have fun you know and it's good to respect and realize like this is just like history repeating itself over and over and over again you know and like this is just where we are in the current cycle of of the way things flow and it's gonna cycle again you know with just the way human nature flows and it's just really interesting because like you mentioned the the kizomba and the bachata and how they came around the same time that the social media became really powerful as well. Exactly. So it's interesting to see like what's going to happen next. Yeah. Cause we have like 
Facebook is everywhere. YouTube is everywhere. Instagram. Um, Google, Instagram is everywhere. And like the, like somebody can post something from China and everybody can see it within an hour. That's like, that's insane. Or live. Or, Now with the live. Yeah, at the, or even at the same time. So it's like, it's going to be really interesting how the, the fusion and like the inspiration and the influences all start to like intertwine now because now everybody can see everybody in real time, you know? It's true. Even even with the new styles, um, everything that is new, people tend to to have a barrier. Mm -hmm. This is like like that in <laughs> everything in their life. Yes. It's normal. Even with the kizomba, the, that's why we struggle a little, little bit also to don't call it traditional kizomba. Mm -hmm. Because on the 70s, on the late 70s, when Eduardo Paying and SOS start creating this movement, the old generation, the Samba generation, were telling them, look, young young boys, you need to give another name to the, what you are doing because this is not Samba, yeah. so you need to arrange another name. So that's why they call it very innocently Kizomba because they wanted music to party. Mm -hmm. So Kizomba, it's not traditional. Samba, you can have traditional Samba. Mm -hmm. You can have Coladera, you can have Gumbe, you can have Puita, Usua. So from these countries, you have traditional rhythms. Kizomba is already a fusion, it's a mix. Mm -hmm. So call it traditional in a depreciative way, I don't like it so much because people associate traditional to something old. Yes, and sure. I, I don't consider that correct. So maybe if you call it like, I don't know, classic Kizomba or authentic, authentic Kizomba, authentic or, or something or like just that. Kizomba, <laughs> just Kizomba, it's, it's good enough. Uh, I understand the easiness of using the word traditional, mm -hmm. but honestly, I don't like it. Uh, with the new generation of music and the new generation of dances, uh, in somehow the traditionalists and the purists need to be thankful uh, because this new generation were able to bring much more people to the scene because mm -hmm. these new styles, they are more visual. Mm -hmm. They use music that are more easy listening for people that don't know the culture mm -hmm. because it's remixes of music that people listen on the radio. Uh, the, the, the Urban Keys dancers, they brought a lot of good visualization in terms of quality of recording, mm -hmm. of the way that they dress, ladies good looking. So of course you post this on internet, this become viral mm -hmm. because people eat with the eyes. And even the way of dancing, it's more to the outside. So even to dance, it's easier because you can reproduce it easier. To reproduce movement, the flow, the jinga of Kizomba, you need a lot of time. Yeah, and it's definitely. something that you don't eat with the eyes, you will feel it. Mm -hmm. So it's good now because with a lot of people that come to the Kizomba community uh, brought by the new styles, uh, they are now seeking to go a little bit uh, back, to go to the roots, to understand where it comes from. Exactly. And in another way, they would not be in this community. So they are starting the process uh, backwards mm -hmm. because the first urban Kiz dancers, they were Kizomba and Semba trained dancers. Exactly. So the thing making somehow some sense. In my point of view, fusion is like that. When you master two different styles and you can fusionate them. What you see in a lot of people, they call it fusion, but they are just gluing uh, two different things, like doing tango steps in Kizomba music, and mm -hmm. they say that that is fusion. So for me, this don't make sense. We, we also do a lot of fusion. We were one of the first to start all this craziness, but one of the concerns that we had was to pick some influences from other disciplines of dance and adapt it to the movement of Kizomba. So that way you can look and you can see Kizomba and somehow, although you look and see that is something that is not proper Kizomba, it's something already with influences. Mm -hmm. And this I consider that is evolution. Uh, what uh, is happening with a lot of people, 
It is an, an expression that Ed Evans used that I like it very much. It's not an evolution, but it's a mutation because mm-hmm. you don't keep the, the foundation. You have mm-hmm. something completely different. Make sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, the inspiration of the, the new move from a different discipline then could just be a video. It's not necessarily a class, so they're just trying to imitate, you know, with to the best of their knowledge and things like that, you know. Um, but like all of this, this sharing of information happens so fast, you know, and like people hear the music and they're having fun and, and, it, and it's, it's, it's crazy, you know. And of course, with all the social media and with everything being so fast, people want instant gratification, you know, um, of and to find somebody that's willing to put in the time to actually understand a discipline. I like that term that you use, discipline of dance. It takes it takes some years, you know. Um, so it's all very interesting to, to have the hunger and the patience to be disciplined to learn a dance, but at the same time have fun along the way, you know. And also there is there is an interesting thing because people start seeing all these big names on the on YouTube and Facebook with uh, imagine Isabella and Felicia, even in the Bachata world with Daniel and Desiree, Ataque mm-hmm. Alemana, people that have millions of views, uh, also Anna and Carolina, they do beautiful things. It's a fact, mm-hmm. but it looks good because they are two together. And suddenly people see this on, on these uh, platforms and they want to reproduce it with people that they never danced before mm-hmm. on the dance floor, yeah, the definitely. social dance. And this don't make sense. Uh, a lot of things work good in a video with a couple that are used to dance with each other because there are a lot of choreographic movements. They are mm-hmm. not social dancing there. Sure. And when the people try to bring that to the social without any kind of technique, uh, that is the the, the stress. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that perspective. It's, it's really awesome to hear that as well. Um, my next question is a little bit more personal and we're almost finished here. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, how do you keep yourselves from going crazy with each other being in a romantic <laughs> and a professional relationship? Because you guys are the longest, like one of the longest ones, you know, like you see, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen a lot of couples that have been romantic yep. and they don't last and they fall apart. Um, and it's tough. And then and I'm just curious um, if you guys. It's a learning. It's a learning. It's, it's, not, yeah. it's not the sea of uh, roses, of course. <laughs> but it, it's a learning with the, with the years and you get more mature. Mm-hmm. You, you get more uh, understandable. Uh, we keep fighting, of course. This yeah. is not no... But this is a good thing. Secret for nobody. <laughs> I like to fight with Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> because after fighting, you need to to, to get... Uh, to make love and everything. Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so... And somehow, uh, at the beginning, we stressed much more with each other. And of course, even with the jealous and all that thing, we learn uh, early, early yeah. to respect that. We are in a festival and of course, you, you <laughs> feel that the girls want to dance with me, the guys want to dance with Paula. Mm-hmm. There are queues of people to dance uh, and this is a very close dance, but we just look to each other and we understand, okay, it's everything, we are just dancing. And if we don't understand that, how can we can inspire the others yeah. to yeah. don't think that there'll be a stress of being so close because we are just dancing, yeah. although we are hugging each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in, in question, because we cannot split the things, it's very difficult to distinguish what is work and what is personal life. We yeah. live together, mm-hmm. we work together, we travel together, we sleep together, okay. it's everything together. Um, but, but then with the years, you also start <laughs> learning how to split the things. And sometimes we use the lessons to be able to to uh, um, how can I say that 
Do not be angry with each other. Imagine that we start a lesson and we are mad with each other, <laughs> and we start like fighting with each other. Mm -hmm. And by our personality, people never know if we are singing seriously or if we are joking. So sometimes we are seriously fighting, but as we do it in a way like uh, sarcastic, mm -hmm. the people think that we are just joking and teasing mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. Uh, but in somehow, this is like a heel for us because we reach the end of the lesson and yeah, everything okay. is better yeah. with each other. Yeah. So it's a learning, it's a process. And of course, learn how to respect the space of the, the other yeah. mm -hmm. uh, and understand that it's an utopia if you think that everything will be perfect. Everything that is uh, flatline <laughs> is not good. So mm -hmm. if all the time we were fighting, it would not be good. If all the time the things will be good, it will also not be good. So we need these ups and downs to make a life being alive. And as a big learning that um, we use to each other um, and to, to the students also and to with the people, don't try to change the others, change yourself. And I think with this thought, we, we live better with each other and with the people, not trying to change the others, mm -hmm. but changing my way or changing my perspective of seeing the others mm -hmm. and seeing Ricardo and of seeing his, the things that I don't like so much, I change my way of seeing things, yeah? Mm -hmm. And then the acceptation is, is completely different. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I'm sorry, we have help. Um, we, we, um, <laughs> with all the, the, the work that we have, we worked many hours a day, seven days a week with the traveling, without sleeping, finishing lessons, directing to the airport. We are not machines. Uh, so in somehow in five years, five years ago, we met somebody that appeared in our life that she's a naturopath. She worked with the Chinese medicine, um, and we call it her, our mechanical. So in somehow she make us balanced, uh, energetically speaking, uh, in questions of uh, changing our way, our perspective of seeing the things and changing our philosophy. Uh, so that way you are able to, to, to live normally with the, the, the limit of life that, let, that we have. That's awesome. I remember watching yeah. a video, you mentioned like the flat line. Um, um, yeah. And it's the same thing if you take a look at, at our hearts, yeah? Like if our heartbeat is a flat line, that's not a good thing. Yeah. And it, it has the ups and the downs and the ups and downs and that what what makes us alive. So we exactly. have those ups and downs in life as well, you know? So it's it's very interesting to, to kind of look at that perspective from your heartbeat to like this the example. ways of life. We don't have problems in our life. We when we start thinking like that, uh, the things change a lot. When something might seem like a problem we look at it as a challenge. So instead of having problems, if you have challenges, you start arranging solutions easier to the things that appear on you. Mm -hmm. And if it somehow something appeared that it's not so positive, mm -hmm. for sure it's a happen for a reason that you need to take a learning from that for something that will upcome soon. So these kind of ways of thinking help us a lot to, to keep our sanity. <laughs> Yeah, because you guys do work a lot and travel a lot. So I know this can be very demanding on your bodies yeah. and, on, and on your mind as well, you know? Yeah, true. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, this has been an awesome interview. Um, there's one last thing that I would like to do, actually just two last things. So um, I would like to hear what you guys have to say a little bit about the 
culture of Kizomba in Portugal today. Um, because a lot of people and a lot of listeners are here in North America. And of course, you've heard about Angola, we've heard about Portugal, but we haven't been there. So it'd be interesting if you can kind of paint a picture of how it's like. And then um, the last thing would be if you could give any advice to the leaders and the followers of the Kizomba world from your years of teaching, um, maybe just one or two tips that you see that will help them a lot. Yeah. So here in Portugal, Kizomba, uh, imagine like you have hip hop in the US. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like you have Kizomba nowadays uh, in Portugal. It becomes mainstream. Mm -hmm. If you go to a shopping center in 10 stores, <laughs> maybe seven will be playing Kizomba. That's if crazy. you turn on the radio, you will listen Kizomba. The soap opera, the soap operas and the television, they have Kizomba on their soundtrack selection. Really? Uh, you, yeah. you have a lot of people that listen Kizomba, that, but they don't know how to dance Kizomba. Mm -hmm. Just the kind of music that they listen because they like mm -hmm. um, you have several house clubs uh, that are inviting Kizomba uh, singers to be there to do live acts during the night uh, so it becomes mainstream mainly because of the the, the media so there was a, a um, like one of these uh, big brother shows on the television mm -hmm. that had a lot of audience one of the per the persons with more um, popularity inside of that program she liked Anselmo Ralph So the production were playing several times Anselmo <laughs> Ralph music. Mm -hmm. And in the last day of the program, they invite Anselmo Ralph to sing live on the day that they have more audience. Nice. So this was the beginning of becoming mainstream. Mm -hmm. And after that, it was like normal process. Because before, uh, if you go on the streets and if you listen a car playing Kizomba, if you look, for sure it was a black person inside. Mm -hmm. Nowadays have older people, young kids on the tel on the mobile phone, and it reached the, the mass community. Uh, so now Kizomba is like this in, in Portugal. As the music. As the music mainly. Mm -hmm. uh, people dancing, you have a lot of people that just dance the basic because they see the others doing it. But mm -hmm. attending lessons, of course, it also helped a lot the schools to to increase the community. Uh, but it's mainly about the, the music, not so much about the dance. This is how it is in Portugal nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> Regarding advices, uh, mainly for, for the leaders, let's call it like that, the, mm -hmm. your expression of zombie in the world, uh, I, I ask the people to have respect. So first of all, when they try to, to do any kind of decision, uh, look around, look in somehow what, try to, to look some, some months forward, some years forward, what this will influence the the community in the future don't think only in the moment don't think only in your own profit uh, don't do the things because the others are doing uh, mainly I, i would like and i would love that the people become more truth uh, with their um, impulses and with their uh, objectives uh, because unfortunately there are a lot of people doing things from the the, the wrong reasons uh, they do it because they want to Uh, do bad things to others because other person already is doing it so they don't want to stay back they gonna do it in the same way and they create this kind of bad competition so i love competition between companies between schools when it's done in the proper way in the positive way and in a proactive way because everybody went with that the customers will win you as a, uh, a person that are offering um, a service you will need to overpass your own uh, qualities you need to improve you need to study so that way everybody will win unfortunately um, 
the social dances generally, not only the kizomba, kizomba, salsa, bachata, tango, all of them, they move too much around the egos of the people. And uh, we all have big egos. So when we start having opportunity to bring our egos a little bit down and look more about the community and the scene, I think the things will, will become much, much better and much more easygoing. Um, and it's important also for these leaders to don't bring the followers to the middle of discussion and put them in a position of needing to make a decision. Um, the followers, we cannot forget that they are here to have fun. All the followers have their own life with a lot of stress. So this side of their life is to be able to relax, is to be able to become happier, it's be able to meet more people, to share good energies, to share positive vibes. Uh, so this is what are supposed the followers to do. So we also would like to, to call the attention and try to inspire the people that are just having fun focus on that don't forget the kind of uh, sorry my friends the kind of bullshit that happened in a lot of uh, social media and mm. a lot of discussions appear because there are a lot of haters and burners that just want to put like a small match and then they bring some gasoline mm. to be able to create a big fire so uh, don't 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 feed these kind of things uh, feed the things that you like so i i always try to advise this kind of friends that we have uh, more in the traditional uh, side, uh, calling it the traditional, instead of posting on internet the things that you don't like because you are just giving more strength to that mm -hmm. kind of situations, post the things that you like. Share the things that you consider that are good. So like that, you will bring more strength to the quality, supposedly. Definitely. So positive thoughts, having fun, good energy, good being vibes, humble. being humble share the love and life is beautiful don't don't ruin <laughs> it <laughs> thank you thank you so much for that advice um if anybody wants to reach out to you guys or contact you guys what's the best way that you recommend for them to reach you yeah the, you have our our uh, web page alcdance.com.pt and also our facebook page uh, paul and ricardo alc the dance company um, so maybe by facebook it's the easier way you can search us very very easily Okay, for sure. And I'll make sure that I put the link in the show notes of this show. So, so you can just click on that. Yes. Okay, Thank guys. Thank you. Very much. Thank you so much for taking an hour out of your day to sit and talk with me. It was such an honor. such a pleasure. Um, I'm glad that I, you guys were like a part of my first exposure. And even with this lesson, I'm still learning from you guys, even though I don't get to see you guys as often as much. Um, but um, you guys have been an inspiration for me and for many others. And so it's, it was an honor to have you guys on the show today. Thank, thank you so you. much and thank good luck you. for all your projects. Yes, good luck. Okay, thank you. Thank bye -bye. you. Bye, kisses. Thank you for checking out the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast today. Be sure to check out neokizomba.com for links to everything that we chatted about today, as well as some awesome free resources to enhance your Kizomba journey.